And it's episode 81 of the Cherokee Rewind. Thanks for hanging out with us here. I am Mick. You know you are. I, at least I hope you do. Anyway, we are going to go local this time around as we say hello to a guy who is from just over the line in Michigan. And that is a guy by the name of Ricky Quapic. And Ricky, uh, I'm trying to remember, Is it was it Lambertville or Bedford you're, you, you uh, grew up in? I'm um, actually from Toledo, yep. Oh, okay. From the actual city of Toledo, yep. Glass City boy, all right, nothing wrong with that then. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yep, extremely local. <laughs> well, more local than I thought. Anyhow, uh, glad, yeah. glad you're here with us, man. I appreciate you taking the time to do this today. Um, well, it's awesome to be here. It is. Let me, um, first off, jersey number. It, I'm. Uh, you weren't that far or long ago as some of the other guys so uh number nine correct correct number nine well like i always say a broke clock is uh right twice a day so anyway <laughs> but, um, let's uh let's get into this some uh now you of course being from toledo what uh, who introduced you to the game of hockey when you were a kid uh, actually my mom and dad did. Yep. Uh, they, they never played hockey. Uh, my dad played, uh, football, baseball growing up. My mom played basketball, but they loved going to the, uh, old Toledo storm games. So, uh, they fell in love with the sport and figured, uh, I could try it out. And I fell in love with it, uh, from the moment I started. That's awesome. Now, was there a particular player you grew up idolizing or, uh, anything of that nature yeah so uh the reason i wore number nine my whole life is uh because of two players so on a local level my favorite player for the storm back in the day used to be kenny tasker uh and he wore number nine and then uh uh my uh favorite team growing up were the wings and uh, i loved gordy howe and uh everything that he did, read books on him, watched old film on him, loved everything about the way he played. Yep, and I don't blame you there. You've got excellent taste, my friend. Uh, he was a guy... <laughs> he was a guy that, uh, you know, who, for as rough and tumble as he was, was also probably one of the most humble guys you'd ever meet. You know? I guess that's For the, sure, yep. I guess that's the way they raise him out there in Saskatchewan, but uh, he uh, very much a very <laughs> humble humble guy, and uh, I got to meet him I think maybe twice, so I was real fortunate. So I got to meet him twice, uh, once at a signing, and another time he was the, a guest speaker for an event we were at uh, for a fundraiser for Make a Wish, and uh, he was he was the featured speaker and stuff. So that he was uh, he's very he was very funny too. That's a thing. Most people don't know that about him because he was always, you know, they'd ask him about hockey and that, whatever. But he was probably one of the more funnier people I ever met. I mean, he was just, he had a one, he had a one-liner for everything, you know, and that's what I always enjoyed about him. But let's get back to the other number nine in this, uh, in this event, and that's you. Um, how, uh, I mean, what, how old were you when you first started playing organized? So I think when I first started playing hockey, I was probably, I was probably five or six. I know I started skating at about two years old. So yeah, I was probably about five or six, probably five by the time I started uh, in IP over at Tamo in Sylvania. 
Okay. So uh, was it your folks that took you out on uh, uh, like on a sheet of ice or to Ottawa or where did how did that go? Uh, so the first time, obviously, I'm, I was like really young to remember all this, but my dad tells me the first time uh, we went to an open skate at Tam Shanner and uh, he just, you know, held on to me, let me skate around the rink, stuff like that. And uh, they could tell I really liked it and they really liked uh you know, skating with me. They wanted me to continue with it. So they uh, had me enroll in some lessons with uh, Monica Jablonski at uh, Tamo. So I did some private lessons there and then uh, went on after I learned how to actually skate and went on and started playing hockey. Wow, that's awesome. Now, of course, Monica, she she has taught many uh, a person to skate. I mean, she's a, best known as a figure skater. But she taught more guys, yep. more hockey guys, how to skate, and I can even even then I could even count. I mean, she taught everybody in Toledo and Sylvania, and and beyond, how to skate. And just a the nicest lady, and of course everybody remembers her sons, you know Jeff and uh, Pat. And so you know, a matter of fact, I think didn't Pat play with or not Pat? Uh, Jeff play with the Storm for a little bit. I yes. Think, I think yeah, I believe he was a goalie. I believe. Well, that was Pat. Maybe not. Pat, Pat was the goalie. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Pat gotcha. played in the NHL. Yeah, I think I remember he, he yes, was correct. Lewis. Correct. Yes. Yep, but Jeff, I think, played with the Storm for a little bit. He was a forward. And uh, I was just like, man, I'm surprised I can remember this. But because uh, <laughs> I was actually there, I actually went to Storm games when I was young. Of course, I also went to Gold Digger games and Hornet games when they were awful. Uh, you name it. Uh, so, <laughs> safe to say, I am old, but uh, still, nonetheless, you uh, when you how when you went to your first storm game, uh, do you remember that experience more for what was on the ice or for what kind of a barn the sports arena was? Oh uh, yeah, I think I just remember. I don't really remember, you know, specific games or anything like that. I just remember, you know, the atmosphere. And then, of course, the, the famous short, real short glass where the fans could really interact with the opposing players, as Toledoans like to do. No, not us. <clears throat> no, and you know, what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny is, I mean, they used to, back when I was a kid, my dad would take me. He knew nothing about hockey, didn't care about it at all. I was fanatical about it because I grew up uh, in a place where they didn't have cable, like in the neighborhood. They didn't wi put wiring in there for cable. So all we had was over oh, the air. Okay. Yeah. All we had was over the air. So the only channels I could get were the Toledo channels, a couple of Detroit channels. So I got to watch the wings whenever they were on. And then I also watched, uh, I got to watch uh, channel nine out of Windsor. So uh, I got to see hockey night in Canada. And that's where I fell in love with the game. And uh, the uh, it's funny because my dad would take me to the sports arena uh, during like when the Hornets played and stuff. And they had like 10 cent beer nights. And ooh, you talk about uh, rowdy crowds. <laughs> Man, when they had 10 cent beer nights and 25 cent beer nights later, ooh, it got pretty, pretty crazy to say the least uh, <laughs> they did they they got nuts and uh and the, but they were i mean hey at 10 cents and 25 cents after that my old man was all in man a couple bucks and he was he had a great night 
And anyway, but uh, I, I just remember all of that stuff, you know, back then too. Uh, now, when you uh, when you started to play when you were as a five year old, five six year old, do you remember anything about like any of the coaches that uh, that were there for you back then when you first started? Yeah, so I and the main reason why I remember some of the coaches and stuff is because I eventually just grew up playing with the same guys. It was kind of cool. There's a core group of us that kind of stuck together. Um, but I remember my dad would help uh, coach, and then uh, I had a buddy uh, by the name of Michael Dieter, who's actually a offensive tackle for the Miami Dolphins right now in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he used to play hockey with us, and his dad, Dave Dieter, was one of the coaches. Uh, and then another one of the coaches was uh, – uh, Mr. Suter, Colin Suter's dad, and Colin played for uh, actually my rival in high school, St. John. So I got to, you know, play with him and then play against him. So that's pretty cool. Uh, now, for full disclosure, uh, Dave Dieter, I know very well because his brother is married to my sister. So I know, I know the whole Dieter okay. family and everything, and and their parents, you know, everything. So, uh, you know. Uh, I just I've known them for a long time, obviously, and of course I know I've known Michael. Uh, I've I've had the honor of calling some of his games when he was in high school, and uh, then uh, he of course he went on to Wisconsin and now he's at Miami. But uh, yeah, he was a heck of a hockey player though, if I remember, and you would know better. Than oh that. yeah, tell me about that. What was I mean just from a hockey standpoint? Because he was a big boy. He's always been a big boy. Oh yeah, he was you know, always the, the biggest one out of us, you know, and I, that's the main thing that I remember about Michael playing hockey is just, he is just so much bigger than everybody. And, uh, you know, when you're that much bigger, you're going to have, uh, you know, a harder shot than all the other kids, uh, you know, and surprisingly for how big he was, he could actually move pretty well. He was good on his feet, which I guess that's why he's, in the NFL making millions as a, as a tackle, you got to be able to move your feet pretty well there. So, uh, but yeah, that's what I mainly remember about him. It's just his size was, uh, crazy. He was a man child, <laughs> but, Oh yeah. I, I remember him in, uh, at Genoa when he played high school, I got to, like I said, I got to call some of his games and, uh, you always knew which, which way the, the play was going to run. Because he would, if he lined up on the left side, you knew they were going to run the ball to the left. He lined up on the right side, you knew they were going to run the ball to the right. Because he was so much bigger than everybody else that he, you know, that you put two guys in there to try and take him out on defense, and it just didn't work. And he, that's what eventually led him to going to Wisconsin. Of course, Wisconsin, their their linemen are they're well known for developing big time linemen. So that's no surprise there. Now, when you played back then, um, did you always, were you always a forward, or did you spend any time on the blue line? Um, so back then, I, uh, I mean, I don't remember, you know, um, playing any, uh, you know, uh, defense as a defenseman. I always remember playing playing as a forward, and then you know, back then you used to uh, rotate who's in goal. So, uh, I know I got to play one game in goalie, and uh, 
I'd, I didn't like getting pucks shot at me. I'd much rather be the one shooting pucks. So, uh, yeah, goal, goalie did not interest me. And that, those guys are crazy. I don't know how, how it interests people. They, they want to get shot at. So uh, that's beyond me. But, yeah, I'd, I'd rather shoot the puck at them. Well, you know, there are some people like that. The guy we had on a couple of podcasts ago told me, he's like, I wanted to be that guy, and that meaning that guy that stopped the puck that got the offensive guys all mad at him because he wanted to be the guy that stopped the puck. I never could understand it either, Ricky. Goaltenders and field goal kickers are a different breed. So, Oh, yeah, they are. They're, they're special type of guys. Emphasis on the word special. Anyway, <clears throat> uh, they are, yeah, they are very, they're a very interesting bunch. Uh, now, when you, as you started to get older, um, did uh, you, were you primarily a center or did you, were you on the wing? Uh, I remember I was always on the wing. Uh, here, there, uh, I'd play center sometime. And then, you know, later on in my career, you know, special occasions, I would go out on center. Uh, but, but yeah, mainly right wing. Okay. Now, um, when you played as you, like I said, as you got older, how long did you play house before you made the move to? Uh, so it was kind of unique. Uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly how long, uh, I want to say when we were probably seven to nine years old. Uh, there's a group of us, as I said earlier, with, that were all at TAMO in that house league, and we made the switch over to uh, the Ice House uh, because they uh, offered what we thought was the uh, better travel team. And that was back before, you know, everyone was the Cherokee. We were the Ice Diggers. So we went over and uh, joined the 96 uh Toledo Ice Diggers and, uh, you know, had a good time traveling and, uh, I made friends back then that, uh, I'm still friends with to this day from, you know, seven to nine years old. Of course. Now the, the now here's the question I, 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 I should ask, uh, when you guys get together, do you still act like you're seven and not, or nine years old? Cause I know some guys that actually still do that, <laughs> but, uh, well, okay, you're, 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 you're no, I, I think, I think we matured a little bit. Oh, I, at least I'd like to think so. <laughs> I won't ask your wife <clears throat> anyway. But, uh, so anyhow, so, uh, did it, uh, what do you remember what it was like when you were doing all the travel and everything? I mean, doing homework in the car or, or not getting as much sleep as ever and hanging out with your friends so much. Uh, your your friends at school as as everybody else did was was there any kind of adjustment for that? Um, you know, not not as much as you would think. Uh, you know, it got real hard uh, the one year when I left the ice house and went up uh, north into Michigan to play. You know, that's when you know the homework in the car, all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, being on a new team. Uh, where that all came into play. But, you know, being – I grew up 10 minutes away from the ice house, so I was able to, you know, get my homework done and uh, do what I needed to do before going to the rink. You know, a few occasions I'd have to do it in the car or whatever. But, uh, you know, as far as uh, 
friends go. Um, yeah, I didn't get to see like my school friends that much, but I just had such a close bond with my hockey friends that we always just wanted to, you know, hang out with each other. Uh, you know, we, we still had school friends, but we were mainly with each other. So that was uh, pretty unique, I think. And that's a great thing about hockey is, uh, you know, your teammates end up becoming, you know, sort of like brothers to you. Yeah, no question about it. Now, um, you uh, played with the Ice Tigers and then you went up to Michigan. Tell me what that experience was like playing up in Michigan uh, as opposed to being down here. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. Um, you know, as I went, transferred over to the Ice House, I got more uh, specific, uh, you know, hockey trainer as I graduated from Monica and House. Uh, so uh, Nick Perillo, who actually still does training to this day, uh, played high-level hockey. He was my uh, hockey trainer. And, uh, you know, I, I played uh, for the Cherokee and Ice Diggers up until I was probably 12. And then I uh, made the jump for a year up to Michigan. The only reason I went up there is because Nick was going to go coach a team up there. And uh, – we were going to be triple A. So that was real, real different than what I was used to because we were mainly double A. So we weren't playing, you know, CompuWare, Victory Honda, Bell Tire all the time, real high-level guys. But it was really cool because I got to, you know, play against uh, some high-level guys that are actually in the NHL right now. Uh, I got, for example, I got we got to play against uh, Aaron Eckblad, who's a former first overall draft pick. Uh, for the Florida Panthers. Um, you know, we got to play the, – the level of competition went up drastically when I went up and played with uh, Nick up there. And uh, – but, you know, even though it was only one season, uh, that I think that really, really helped my game out because uh, Nick only coached for one year, and then he went back to play pro again. Um okay. So then, so then I ended up making my way back home again. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. They they say you can't go, you can always go, you can't go home again. Well, you proved that you could. Now. Oh yeah, I, I always come back home throughout my career, and we'll uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that. I always find my way back to the ice house. Yep, no question. Now, uh, when you came, <clears throat> when you came back, uh, did you notice? Uh, I don't know, I guess a, a change in the game from where you played up there versus when you came back home. Was there a, uh, was there a drop-off or was there any kind of uh, where you were like, um, hey, I, I want to step my game up so that I can uh, play the way I did up in Michigan? Yeah, so um, it was also kind of unique because when I left, there were a lot of guys that, a lot of guys in that core group, like Mitch Pearl, Grant Meyer, uh, a lot of guys that ended up leaving. Um, but we all went different paths. You know, uh, some guys went to the Cleveland Barons. Some guys went to the Columbus uh, Junior Blue Jackets. I went up north to Motor City Machine. And uh, we all went AAA. And I believe I was one of the only ones that came back. Maybe there were a few others, and I'm not remembering. Um, but, yeah, when I came back, um, I wouldn't say the talent necessarily went down too much. 
It went down a little bit. Uh, but the game, I know, just got uh, a lot slower than what I was used to playing. So I think that helped me out. But I wanted to keep my game elevated to that high-speed level uh, because I knew that would help me. And uh, it ended up helping out a lot because when I came back, uh, I didn't play for the 96 team again. I actually went and played with Mike Natashak uh, for the 95 Cherokee team. So I got to uh, go from AAA to playing up a year. Uh, to kind of keeping that same uh, intensity. And I was playing against bigger kids. And in AAA, the kids are a little bit bigger. So it kind of worked out at the uh, that it would be kind of the same level there. Okay. So what was it like playing for Natty? Uh, I mean, I've always, I've always liked Natty. I always thought he was a great guy. I mean, what was your, what was your experience with him? Yeah, Mike was a good guy. Um, you know, uh, he knows a lot about the game, obviously. He, he's played at a high level. Um, you know, I didn't get uh, as much playing time, you know, being the younger guys I would like to. But I got to learn, uh, you know, learn a lot. And there I got to uh, start my relationship with guys that I would end up playing juniors with. You know, Tyler Zalecki, Austin Turner, DJ Bogart, uh you know, I got to play with Zach Armstrong, just older guys, especially, you know, Bogey. Um, and those guys were able to, you know, show me, uh, you know, how to mature and how to play at that level. And, uh, you know, they really made it, meeting them there really made it easy for me to, uh, you know, eventually come back and play uh, for the junior team. Okay. So uh, you played that year prior uh with those kids and stuff now when did you make the the uh the change and go to play high school um so i ended up after the 95 year i played uh for actually kenny uh well kelly kelly miller coached our team for the first half of the year and then he ended up leaving to go to go back and play pro again uh, for wheeling and uh, Kenny and Sap took over. So I actually got to play for Kenny well before I uh, started playing junior. So I got to get used to him as a coach. He was, uh, you know, I believe he was just coming back a few years out of Alpena. So he was used to coaching, obviously a high level in the NHL and uh, Sap's been around the game forever. So that was a really, really fun year. And then the year after that, I played uh, U16 Cherokee, which was, uh, you know, I got to reunite again with Bogey and Turner and those guys. But it was cool because it was a mixture. We had a team of the 95 guys that I played with and the 96 guys that I was used to playing with all became one team. Uh, That was my freshman year of high school. So uh, after that, uh, with those three teams, I was able to go to nationals all three years, and then I was able to take that to the next level, and I decided I wanted to uh, play for St. Francis my sophomore year. Well, let's backtrack a second here. Um, how Describe what it meant to uh, be introduced not only to Kenny, but, of course, uh, a guy that we all know and love, and that is the late, great Sap Miller. Yes. Yeah, so it was, uh, it was awesome. You know, obviously, when I first came to uh, the Ice House, and anybody that knows SAP knows this, 
you know, as soon as you walked into the ice house, you know, he, it didn't matter. We came from, you know, the, uh, the rival in Sylvania. Uh, he welcomed us with open arms and we immediately were, were family. We were ice house family. So, uh, you know, I got to know SAP, uh, growing up and it was just really cool having him actually on the bench. That was the first time I had him as a coach. And it was my first time meeting uh, Kenny Ray. Obviously, I met Kelly prior. Uh, he coached me for a spring season and then coached us for the first half of that season. Uh, but meeting Kenny was was awesome because Kelly was, you know, a, a player's coach. He was still playing. He was still in that mindset, so that helped me out a lot. But Kenny helped a great deal because, you know, he knew how to get guys to the next level and, he was incorporating, you know, uh, what he was used to, co- how he was used to coaching and, uh, you know, having us practice at, you know, a North American league level. Uh, so that was, it was just truly a blessing to be able to play under those guys. Yeah, no question about it. So you go through that. Um, did it feel kind of weird at all when uh, you finished after your freshman year of uh, being a freshman in high school? when you finished playing there and decided to go to St. Francis, what was the lure to you to go and play for your high school team? Yeah. So, uh, you know, back when I was, uh, you know, still playing, uh, my eighth grade year with Kenny and Sapp, uh, you know, you go on those eighth grade visits to St. Francis, St. John's cause I went to uh, blessed sacrament, a Catholic grade school here in Toledo. So we got to, we visited all the Catholic schools while, the only two Catholic schools that I wanted to go to are St. John's or St. Francis. And uh, as soon as they walked in, you walk in, you know, they want to know what you play any sports, what sports you play. Oh, you play hockey. Well, here you come to a game, come meet the guys, meet the coach, everything like that. And uh, I actually really like St. John's. I like the school. Uh, I like the coaches and everything. I visited them first. So, you know, I was, I was pretty set on going there. And I remember just telling my mom and dad, you know, St. Francis is going to have to do, you know, do a lot to get me away from St. John's because I really enjoyed my, my visit there and seeing the, the hockey team and everything like that. Well, I go to St. Francis, and St. Francis ended up winning states that year. You know, they had a real, real good team, brand-new locker room, uh, you know, I love the school. The school was actually closer to my house. My next door neighbor was currently going to St. Francis. And, uh, you know, I remember going to watch a game and, uh, I got in the locker room and I got to meet, uh, my, uh, you know, future head coach, Chris Vargo's assistant at the time. And I got to meet Brian Cancelo's, the, the head coach and, uh, his son, Derek, who was coaching there. And, I remember them coming up to me and there was an empty stall in the locker room. They said, you know, uh, next year, that could be your stall. We're looking for guys for next year already. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of getting pulled from, uh, you know, St. Francis is pulling me on one arm and the Cherokee are pulling me on another arm. Uh, you know, and I, I ended up deciding to, you know, stay for the Cherokee and play U16, but, you know, when I was a freshman, you know, I was able to go to the games and be in the student section, see the atmosphere, be a part of it. 
And all I could think about when I was at those games was I really want to be on the ice and have all these people cheering for me. I don't want to be the one cheering. So, uh, you know, it was over from there. I uh, obviously decided to go to St. Francis, and I made it a point that, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to play my freshman year, and I didn't, but I was going to make sure I played my sophomore year and throughout the rest of my career. Okay. So you end up going to St. Francis. Uh, What was it like? uh, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, you talked about Chris Varga and the late, great Brian Kinsella, who I miss dearly to this day. I mean, that guy, uh, I know you didn't get a chance really much because he left, didn't he, after after that year? Yeah, so uh, I can't remember if the year they won it, he left or he stayed another year. I think, I believe he stayed another year after they left or after they won the championship and then he retired because Vargas first year as the head coach was my first year playing. So yeah, I got to, uh, you know, obviously I was going out to practices and skating with them. So I got to know Kinsey uh, a little bit, but the, you know, the cool thing about that guy is just so genuine and, you know, I never played for him, but he was always, you know, I always felt like he was in my corner and he was always, you know, on my side, you know, for everything, not even, you know, hockey, schoolwork, anything like that. You know, if I ever needed any help, even though I never played for this guy and I didn't really know him, you know, he was always there for me. And, uh, you know, I never actually played for him at all, but, you know, I felt like he was my coach. That's how that's how Kinsey was though. I mean, you and that's not even the half of it uh, to tell you the the some of the stories of that guy went because he used to coach the Cherokee. He was originally the, an assistant under Chris Varga for the Cherokee yep. junior team. And, oh yeah, we heard some of those stories. <laughs> oh gosh, yes, and and of course he was a proud Canadian. You know, he was from Barrie, Ontario. And, yep, and, yep. Uh, had a. Uh, had a cup of coffee in the NHL. He played 10 games, I think, with the Washington Capitals and uh, spent most of his career in the minors playing for... Uh, he won a Turner Cup for Toledo. He won a Turner Cup, I believe, with the Dayton Gems as well. I know he spent time playing for Port Huron with the Flags. And uh, he, uh, like I said, he was a heck of a hockey player. But also, he was just a genuinely a really good guy. And a funnier... To this day probably the funniest guy I ever got to spend time with Uh, (laughs) that uh, uh, he was hysterical. He would tell stories and stuff. And of course there was an ongoing joke with him and him and Vargs that, uh, you know, he would always talk, they would talk to each other and and they would say, well, what does brother Henri decide? Because they would always say that because uh, he was a fan of, uh, of uh, Henry Richard, who was the brother of Maurice Richard. So they would call him Brother Henri because he was always there with Marge. And, and since he was Canadian, he would adapt this like this really hard accent and uh, start talking in the accent. You know, you'll, you'll shoot the puck in the corner, you know, and we would sit there and he'd say, make up all this crap. And we would just just roll laughing. Well, one time <laughs> one time we go up to one time we go up to Alpina. This is back when Kenny Ray was up there. He had just been named coach and. He uh, wanted an exhibition game with a couple of different teams. And this was like in September, you know, or late August, early September. So 
we make the jaunt up there. It's like six hours bus ride from Toledo. And uh, we get up there, and I'm doing the game. And so I said, you know, I go, Kenzie, can you come talk to me in the intermission? He's like, yeah, it's an exhibition game, no biggie. Well, he comes over, and he looks at me and gives me that look. And next thing you know, I'm like, okay, we're going to be laughing through this whole thing. So I looked at him, I said, I think you need to do this whole interview in uh, as Brother Henri. And the 15 minutes we spent there, I think that's the closest I ever came to losing bodily function uh, during the broadcast because he had me in tears. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't, I was gasping for air. He, Like I said, he was one of the funniest men. And like I said, I just... So he is sorely missed in this community. and uh, But, uh, yeah, he was a piece of work. And his boys, both of them, Derek and Kevin, are really yep. neat guys. They are really good guys. I can't say enough good things about them. And, of course, their mom, Laura, uh, you know, again, another trooper. You know, she really is something. And uh, But, uh, yeah, so you, you end up getting to play with Varga. Um, what was that introduction, if you can remember, what was that introduction like? When you first met uh, Chris and what it would be like uh, for the next three years. Yeah, so, uh, you know, obviously I got to know him a little bit during, you know, those practices I was allowed to come to. And, uh, you know, open skates, captain skates, uh, summer league, stuff like that. Uh, I was able to, you know, kind of develop develop a a relationship with him before I actually started playing on the team. He knew I was, you know, I I confirmed it to him that I was I was gonna come and play, and he was real happy about that, uh, you know. But I liked Vargs. Uh, it was uh, it was really cool, uh, you know, meeting him and being able to develop that relationship before I even started playing uh, for him, you know. Uh, and uh, I came to him as a sophomore, and uh, you know, a kid that. Uh, you know, he told me he had to rely on me, you know, early. He put me on the first line uh, my first year playing there as a sophomore on, on varsity, which was, uh, you know, such an honor. I was uh, on the line with Matt Oblinger the year before. You know, I played with him uh, during Cherokee, but the year before he became a, you know, a St. Francis legend because he was uh, a freshman at the time and scored the game-winning goal to give St. Francis their first uh state title in hockey so it was just it was such a blessing such an honor to uh you know play on the first line my first year uh being there and uh yeah Arch was a he was a great coach for me even though you know as sometimes with all my coaches you know, we don't see eye to eye and stuff but uh you know at the end of the day we were able to trust each other and I was able to have that same feeling uh with him that I had with you know Kinsey uh you know, he always had my back, and he was willing to go to war for me. And uh, that's important for, you know, guys to feel uh, their coach, you know, knowing that they'll 100% have your back. Yep, no question about it. So uh, the first couple years, uh, it was not what – was it what you thought it would be? Or, I mean, what was it like for you when you played those first couple years? So – as far as our record and stuff goes, uh, you know, my sophomore year was, uh, you know, very, very tough for me because, you know, I, I came from the Cherokee. I'm used to winning, 
you know, like I said, the three years prior to that, I went to nationals all three years. So I won states. Uh, we were going to nationals. Uh, we placed third twice and fourth once. Uh, so I'm used to winning and, you know, being the best in our league. Well, that year, I think, I think my sophomore year, my first year, we won eight games, maybe ten, maybe. Uh, so it was it was really hard. We were a really young team. Uh, we maybe had three seniors, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so there was, you know, a lot of learning that year, a lot of being patient. Um, you know, but as far as uh, fans showing up and supporting us, and, uh, you know, I came from playing travel hockey uh, where we didn't get too many fans, but uh, – you know, then you go and you play uh, St. Francis versus St. John's and you sell out Tamo. It's uh, pretty crazy. So that was awesome. It yeah. was everything I uh, expected and more. Okay. And then, uh, so you go and you go through that. And uh, how much of a change was it from your junior year to your senior year? Because that was when uh, the lightning struck twice and got you, you were able to bottle it up there. Yeah, so uh, after my sophomore year, going into my junior year, you know, we got a few kids to come play, and we got a little bit better. We lost to St. John's uh, in the district semis. Uh, So, you know, it was my senior year. We really, really wanted to go get a ring. Um, So we got almost everybody who was playing travel at St. Francis, we got them to all come and play for the chair – for um the high school team uh and you know there were some guys from the Cherokee that we were able to get to come play there were some guys that were playing uh for Victory Honda or for Compuware we had two guys from Victory Honda a guy from Compuware come or two guys from Compuware come uh so we were able to get some high level guys to come and uh you know as you uh as you hinted at we were able to you know, come together, make it all work, and we were able to do what we set out to do uh, when we were, you know, quote-unquote recruiting some guys to play for us. uh, We were able to win a state championship. Well, that had to be pretty cool. I want to hear about that. What was that like uh, going through that year, playing, obviously, your rival in St. John's and getting by them to uh, work your way through to get into Columbus? What was that whole experience like? Yeah, so that was a, uh, you know, that was a dream season. That's still to, the, to this day is, uh, you know, my favorite year of uh, playing hockey ever. Um, you know, we uh, we set a record uh, for best start to the season. That's, you know, St. Francis is such a powerhouse now. Uh, you know, I like to think that our team kind of started that in motion. Uh you know, that record since been broken. Um, we were able to, uh, you know, I think we won maybe 20, 19 games, 20 games in a row. Our first, you know, we started 19-0, 20-0. The big tournament besides the, you know, the districts and everything is called the Padua Christmas Tournament. So it's all the best teams in Ohio uh, get together and uh, play in a tournament. We ended up winning that. And, uh, we were able to win every tournament we were a part of uh, that year. 
besides one tournament when we went up to Michigan right before the uh, playoffs. But uh, you know, we had a we had a few losses, but uh, I was happy we didn't uh, we didn't lose the St. John's that one time that season. So I went from you know in, up to my senior season, I never beat St. John's. I was never able to beat them. Um, and then you get to my senior season, I was able to go three and zero against them. It was uh, it was crazy. Um, so we were able to you know get past them. We got past Northview. Uh, we beat Finley in the district finals. Uh, one down to Columbus and uh, beat University School. Uh, and then we ended up beating our rival from Cleveland, St. Ed's, in the state championship game. And, uh, you know, we were able to, uh, you know, I think we were just mentally strong that whole season. We, especially in the playoffs, you know, we, uh, we wanted to go to the rink knowing that we already won, feeling like we already won. We were, we knew we were going to win the game. And so, you know, Var always used to say, you guys got to be like Mike Tyson. He used to go into the ring and he would have his opponents beat before the bell even sounded to start them off. We need to go into the rink and have our opponents beat before the puck even drops. And uh, that's what we did and ended up working for us. So uh, that celebration and that stuff coming back uh, to Toledo, that had to be pretty ridiculous, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was, it was crazy. And you know, what made everything more special is uh, my junior year, my brother was able to uh, play for us. He was a freshman and then obviously my senior year, he was able to be on the team again as a sophomore. So, uh, you know, there were two sets of brothers, uh, me and my brother, and then Brian Hack and Kevin Hack. So it was really cool having two sets of brothers being able to win it. And uh, it was just such a special moment. I'll always share with my brother. Um, you know, I I would have had a great season regardless. It still would have been the best season of my life, but that just put the cherry on top, being able to – you know, hold that state championship trophy and, uh, you know, stand side by side with him with, uh, with our rings. Um, you know, and, uh, he ended up getting it better than I did. I was only able to go down to Columbus one time in my career. He was able to go down there, you know, three times. So, uh, yeah, it was, it, it was crazy. It was, uh, it was awesome to be able to win it with him. You know, it's, uh, one of those, uh, indescribable moments. Well, tell me, I mean, you know, was he, was he a defenseman or was he a forward? Correct. He was a defenseman. Yep. Yep. So now of course those guys, they clear the front of the net for their, for their goaltenders. Um, so things can get physical and chippy at times. Uh, did you, uh, who helped who in that predicament whenever things would after a whistle, when things would get a little, uh, extracurricular activities would happen. You know, I'd like to, I would consider, you know, anybody on that team, you know, all my teammates, my brothers. So, of course, I'm going to protect them whenever anything happens. But, you know, I think, uh, you know, it's just a force of habit that I'm going to go even extra hard if you do something to my brother. You know, I'm the only one that's allowed to do anything to my brother. You're definitely <laughs> not going to do anything to my brother. So, uh, and and I know it's vice versa. You know, he's smaller than me, but that kid, you know, has a huge, huge heart, huge work ethic. And, uh, 
you know, they, they always say the smaller ones are, yeah, they're the fearless ones and they're the ones you got to watch out for. And that's definitely true with him. You know, he's scrappy and, uh, you know, I know he had my back hundred percent. He felt the same way. He was the only one that was allowed to do stuff to me, nobody else, you know? So, uh, yeah, you know, we, we looked out for each other and, and that went for the whole team that went for all my teammates. We all looked out for each other and just treated everybody as our brothers. Well, that's always a good way to be. And it has such wonderful rewards when you do. Now, um, let me ask you, you finished playing your senior year at St. Francis. What brought you back home to Toledo, to the Cherokee? Yeah, so, uh, you know, going back, as I said, when I was trying to make the decision on whether to stay at the Ice House or go play high school, I had both of those teams, you know, tugging at me. We need you here. We need you here. Well, of course, you know, who's going to be front and center of that? It's the, you know, the head guy of the ice house. Sappy was all over me. You know, you can't leave, can't leave. Well, I ended up leaving, and he was all over me. You know, once I turned 16, he wanted me to come play for the junior team. You know, you need to, you need um, uh, you know, this would be great for you, this high-level hockey. And I would always tell him, you know, I, I know Sappy. I know it is, but I – you know, you don't know the feeling I get when I'm, when I'm playing in front of all my friends and stuff. You know, I'm I'm not just playing with my friends anymore like I was in travel. I'm playing in front of my friends and in front of people from a bunch of different schools, uh, you know, because we are all-guys schools, so all the, the, the all-girls schools were coming there and, and people from public schools were coming to watch us play. So, you know, I got the – it's really cool when you're, you know, in high school playing in front of all these fans and, you know, the, some of them are wanting your autographs. Some of the guys are wanting to wear your, wear your Jersey to represent you in the stands. So I told them, Sap, once I, you know, after my senior year, I said, we're going to have a good team this year. I really think we can win it. After that, I swear to you, I will come back and play. I will come play for Kenny Ray. And, uh, you know, it was, Really, really unfortunate. Like you said, my uh, senior year in the middle of our season, uh, you know, he ended up uh, passing away. Um, actually, we, uh, me and a few, you know, a lot of the guys, because, uh, you know, a lot of us came from the Ice House. We went to the funeral uh, the day we were scheduled to play uh, Detroit Catholic Central. So we went to the funeral and then shot up north to play. Uh, but, you know, I just really, I really wanted to keep my promise. So when that, when this, when the season was getting to an end, uh, you know, right before we were in playoffs, I was talking to Kenny Ray because you know he understood that we were in playoffs. I needed to focus, and uh, you know, we made it known that I wanted to play uh, for the Cherokee. And he said, "All right, good, because we want to tender you." So uh, I remember. After we won the state finals, it was uh, so hectic because, uh, you know, we win. I came back home, and then the next day I woke up, you know, still on this high of winning the state championship while I get the, uh, the papers emailed over to me from Kenny Ray. So I wake up, I sign those, and then I'm off to Tamo because I'm playing uh, for Mike Mankowski for the Sylvania North Stars pre-post team. I got to go to practice because we're – practicing to go to nationals so the day after i won the state championship i got to get right back to work because i'm trying to win a national championship all while signing a tender for 
you know, my future. So it was, it was really hectic, but it was, I want to trade that moment for anything, you know, just a bunch of blessings and a bunch of good things happening all at once. It's, it, it was awesome. No question about it. So you show up to camp that, that uh, end of summer. Uh, what, tell me what that was like for you uh, when you first showed up. Uh, was there any nerves, any kind of anxiety, any any kind of nervousness when you first uh, walked in that locker room? Yeah, so uh, I feel like I had it a lot easier and uh, just a lot more unique than most kids going to their first uh, training camp uh, for juniors. Because, you know, a lot of kids go away to play juniors and they're not from there. They don't they don't know the guys that were previous on, previously on the team, nothing like that well. In my case, I'm going back to a rink where I grew up playing for an organization that I grew up playing in to go play for a coach that I already played for. So it was it was real easy for me. And then as far as the guys go, you know, I grew up playing with, uh, you know, half the team I grew up playing with since I was, you know, 12 years old. So that made it just extremely easy for me. I think that's part of the reason why I had such a great junior career is because those guys, my teammates made it so easy for me. Uh, you know, I, I just got done playing for a team in St. Francis where we were all brothers and we all, you know, they, we were just one big family to go to the Cherokee my next year. And it was like being reunited with my family again. You know, I was, I, I really was. I know we say it a lot, but I really was coming back home. Yep. And uh, I understand that all too well. I understand it. Now, uh, so you played there for a couple of years. What was it like in that first year? Uh, were you guys, uh, was it uh, kind of a rebuild? Was it, uh, what How? What was it like from your, from your end of it when you were on the ice? Did you see a lot of playing time in that first year? Yeah, so... Uh... You know, right away, I, uh, you know, before the season started, preseason started, uh, Kenny Ray and T.O., uh, you know, have a little meeting with me for uh, season expectations. And, they go, you know, we know you're you're going to be playing against bigger guys now, um, you know, which I was used to uh, all my life playing up against 95s and then coming to high school as a sophomore playing against kids that were, you know, up to 18 years old. Now I'm going to do it all over again, 18 years old, coming to the league and playing against kids that are 21. So I was used to that. I knew that. And then they said, you know, a great year, 25 points out of you. That'd be a great year. They said, okay, I'll do that. I'll, I'll try my best. Obviously I didn't know uh, what it was like to play in the NA3. I didn't know the grind of it. Um, so obviously I knew the skill was going to ramp way up because now I'm, I'm playing against kids from all over the world, not even all over the country, all over the world. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was interesting because the beginning of our year looked like it was going to be, you know, a little bit of a rebuild. Then we had, uh, you know, then and Kenny Ray started working his magic. We started getting some trades. Uh, we started getting some veterans in there and we ended up, you know, being a really great team. We finished second in the division behind Metro. Uh, we had great, great season series with Metro. You know, they, they beat us a few times. We beat them a few times. But all the games were close games. 
Uh, and I was on the second line from start to finish of the year. You know, there were a few games where I'd go up to first line. I was on the first line power play, uh, second line penalty kill. So I was really, uh, I was really able to insert myself and, you know, be a factor, uh, on the team from game one, uh, you know, my, uh, me and my dad still joke about it now, but my first game was at the ice house against the Wooster Oilers and my first shift I, uh, scored on my first shot. And, uh, you know, that was really, really cool, really special. And I ended up finishing that first weekend. We had a home and home with Wooster. I ended up finishing the weekend with seven points. So I knew that first shot, first goal wasn't, wasn't a fluke that I could actually play in this league and, uh, you know, uh, help the team out with, uh, you know, points on the board. Holy smokes. I guess so. Um, that's pretty impressive. Now in that first year, were you able to, it sounds like you pretty handily eclipsed the, the goal you had for getting more or that they had for you of getting more than 25 points. Yeah, I was able to, uh, finish the season with 65. So, uh, it was, uh, it's really special, you know. I couldn't have done it without my teammates, you know, Bogey Turner, uh, Tristan Schneider played a little bit with Ben Hamilton, um, you know, and uh, my uh, line mates who I feel like, you know, maybe they don't get enough credit, but I'll give them the credit right now. We got a we got a trade for Josh Summers, who came from the West Michigan Wolves, played on the left wing, and then. Uh, one of my really good friends still to this day, Isaiah Crawford, who, uh, you know, uh, is doing really big things in hockey, playing pro hockey now. So uh, it, it was such a blessing to play with those guys. And, they, uh, you know, I would have never been able to get those 65 points without those guys. You know, it was truly couldn't have done it without my teammates. No question about it. So um, you look at it from – what do you remember about that first year from, a, I guess, a humor standpoint? Uh, who were some of the funny guys in the room uh, and on and in the, on the road trips? Uh, were there any guys that were uh, natural comedians or that were good at pulling pranks? Oh my gosh! I mean, we had a we had a ton of guys. You know, it, it felt like the whole team was just one big prank. You know, everybody. You know, anybody was able to do anything on any given day. You know, we had. You know, Bogey was more. You know the the mature, you know, the mature one, Grandpa Bogart, because uh, he was the captain, you know, and, but he would get on, get in on it sometimes. But, you know, Ben Hamilton was, was one of the guys, one of my best friends still to this day, Daryl Kaczynski, uh, you know, Austin Turner and Z-Bob were able to make a few jokes. And I don't know what, what those guys were talking about, but it always come up that I was one of the funny guys. I don't know what I did that was so funny, but, uh, you know, I tried. I tried. That's all right. Now, um, uh, did you have to go through any kind of the, first, like the rookies when they went through their stuff first year with rookie dinner and, you know, whether it be shoe check, gleaners or whatever, did you have to go through any of that stuff at all? Yeah, so I never got, you know, shoe checked or had to sing in front of anybody or anything like that. But, you know, everybody's got to pay their dues. I don't care. If you like me, you're coming off of winning a state championship, being a being a captain of the team, and uh, you know being one of the leaders. And you know at St. Francis, we had to go through the same thing. Your rookie year, you you get your head shaved for the St. John's game. 
uh, in these crazy patterns. Whatever they want to do to you, you let them do it. So I was used to, you know, the initiation. So, wow. so rookie dinner, you got to, you know, dress up as a girl and do all that kind of stuff. So I wore a really short skirt, girl shirt, and, you know, just tried to have fun with it, you know, because I knew that's something I'd look back on. And, uh, you know, we all really enjoy it. Now, did you have the stash and beard back then like you do now? Oh, yeah. Yep. So it was uh, it was quite the look. We oh. were getting some interesting looks when we'd go uh, when we went for dinner at B-Dubs. That's funny. Oh, my. <laughs> that is funny. Now, uh, who would you say was uh, the, um, I won't say best looking, but the most, uh, they, 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 they didn't look totally out of place wearing, uh, wearing a dress and, or who took it to the extreme? Let me put it that way. When it came to getting oh, kind of gosh. makeup. And Man, things. you know, I wouldn't say they looked good by any means, but someone who took it to the extreme would definitely be my, my best friend, Daryl Kaczynski. You know, he, he put the lipstick on and, oh, you know, had, had everything done up, you know, really blowing it way out of portion but that's what happens when you get a you get a real funny guy in that situation you know he's gonna he's gonna do what he knows how to do and that's be funny oh my gosh that i oh are there (laughs) there pictures around of this oh i'm sure there are i'm sure there's tons i've got i I need to see that i need to see (laughs) oh my god you know it's bad enough that he's like 150,000 times the golfer i ever dreamt of being the fact that uh, I, I, I got to get him on something. So, oh, man, that that's just priceless. So, you, you okay, so you guys go through that first year. When you came back for the second year, uh, what were some of the expectations you put on yourself and uh, for your team? Yeah, so, uh, you know, after my, after my first year, you know, you have your end-of-the-year meetings, and they tell you, you know, Kenny Ray and T.O. were obviously very – very grateful that I was able to surpass that, uh, that goal that they set for me, you know, and, uh, they ask you what, what your plans are. And I told them I had a few, uh, you know, I, I had a lot of NA teams after me, but I, uh, but I was only going to try out for two. Uh, you know, I, I'm really a homebody, so I really wasn't trying to go too far to play, but the teams I ended up trying out for was, uh, the Amarillo Bulls, which is in Texas, I know, but figured I'd give that a shot. And then uh, the Johnstown Tomahawks, who I really wanted to play for because they're just in Pennsylvania. Uh, my parents were going to be able to come come see me. My uh, my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, would have been able to come and see me. Um, you know, and I thought I played really, really well to get a spot on the team. Uh, but... Uh, the, you know, the coach talked to the coach after that uh, that final main camp game. And, uh, you know, I'm like, hey, my name's not on the list. Uh, I was wondering what what, what, did, what didn't I do that uh, I needed to do. You know, I, I got points in the NA3, and in this last game I got four points. So I'm, I'm doing what, what I can do. I know I can play at this level. And, uh, you know, he said – you know, we got a roster and we're trying to go after some young guys where no offense, but we're only going to get one year out of you. And, uh, you know, I said, fair enough. Called, uh, I was obviously really disappointed, called Kenny Dre and 
talked to him for a little bit and uh you know he said we're extremely happy and grateful to have you back you know we're sorry it didn't work out uh we think you should have been playing there and you're obviously good enough to play there but we will gladly take you and uh you know he ended up naming me assistant captain uh tristan snyder was going to be the captain that year i was one of the assistants so uh you know that that right there meant a, meant a lot to me and i made my way back home again for the second year and uh you know, they didn't really give me any uh, any expectations. They kind of left it up to me to, you know, be my own critic and um, set my own goals. So all I wanted to do was uh, beat my point total from last year. And, uh, you know, obviously my number one goal on any team every year is to do whatever I can to, to uh, help the team win. But uh, a personal goal was to do whatever I could to – you know, beat my point total from last year. I got 65 points. If I could get 66, that was going to be great with me. And did you? Uh, yes, I ended up getting 68. And, uh, you know, I never never suffered any injuries throughout hockey until my very last year. I, uh, you know, well, my first year, I split my chin open on the ice and got some stitches, but I never had to miss any games for that. My, my last year playing hockey, uh, you know, for the Cherokee, I separated my shoulders, so I had to miss four games. The first year, I did not miss one game. So I was able to beat my point total with playing fewer games. So that was really uh, that was really special. Well, um, now, how hard was that to uh, miss those games? I mean, when you do that, when you get that kind of an injury there, Ricky, I mean, usually you're missing more time than that. How were you able to bounce back? Yeah, so, uh, you know, I separated my shoulder, and I didn't know that's what happened because it was just a routine, you know, hit. I'm taking the ice or taking the puck up the ice, and I get hit, and it must have been the way my shoulder went into the glass. I mean, it was – it wasn't even that hard of a hit. It was a normal hit, and uh, just the way my shoulder went into the glass, you know, I felt my arm go a little numb. And, uh, but it wasn't too, uh, too painful. Um, so I ended up playing through it and then I played the next game through it, played another game through it. And to, but it was getting to the point where I couldn't, you know, I was passing up shooting opportunities because I couldn't shoot. It, it hurt too bad for me to shoot the puck. I, I passed it off. And, uh, you know, at that point I was, you know, I was like, I, I, if I'm passing up shots, I'm not playing my game anymore. So if I'm not going to be able to play my game, I can't play right now. Then That's my body telling me you need to take a step back. So I missed two games uh, with that injury, and uh, it was really hard for me, uh, you know, being able to – I was able to go to practice, keep my conditioning up, get on the bike at the ice house. And uh, but I wasn't able to, you know, participate in any puck handling drills, nothing like that. And, uh, you know, it's it's horrible having to watch your teammates go out there and go to war and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, But I ended up coming back after two games. I came back a little too early, Uh, but I couldn't stand sitting there anymore. and that was right around the time when top prospects came out. So for the second time, I was named to a top prospect team. So I went up to Michigan to play. And uh, the first game, I uh, got tripped up and landed on it. 
landed on my shoulder, my bad shoulder. And that just, I took, you know, two steps forward, three steps back. So I ended up having to come home early from that. Tristan Snyder ended up going up and replacing me. And, uh, I had to miss all those games, which, uh, which kind of sucked. Um, cause I know how fun it was. I was able to play in it, uh, my first year. And, uh, then I had to come back and miss two more games, um, uh, for the Cherokee. But, uh, I was lucky that I was able to get, uh, get healthy for the, uh, end of the season and for playoffs. So, um, you know, all in all, it, it could have been a lot worse than what it was. Okay. Well, now, uh, so you 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 go through that last part of the season. Were you getting any uh, looks or any interest from any schools uh, for when you were done playing juniors? Yeah, so I had quite a bit of interest from a lot of ACHA D1 teams. You know, Eastern Michigan, UT, uh, NIU. Um, but I also had a lot. Of, a lot of teams contacting me from since the beginning of the season, really, uh, that were NCAA Division three teams. And, uh, you know, I knew if I was going to play hockey at the next level, that's kind of what I wanted to do. Um, so, uh, you know, after some visits and stuff like that, uh, you know, me and Ben Hamilton actually uh, were getting recruited by the same school, Trine University. Um which is a NCAA Division three school. And uh, we ended up going on a visit there. And I know Ben uh, went to some other schools and visited. He ended up going, uh, ended up deciding to go uh, to Adrian College to play for their ACHA team. Uh, but I I really liked trying. I really liked the school and visiting there. And I felt they were going to give me the best opportunity to play. So, uh, you know, I visited there two more times and, you know, they were doing everything they could to get the cost down for me. And, uh, you know, me being out of state and having to live there and uh, all that stuff, uh, it ended up being after everything they gave me, I still was going to have to, you know, take out loans for about $10,000, uh, you know, which is a lot, a lot of money. So, uh, you know, it, towards the end of the season, I was it was getting to be a decision-making time for uh, – you know, not only my hockey career, but for, uh, you know, my life, life after hockey. Yeah. Um, the cool part, though, is is that you were able to make some choices, especially when it came because of what, I mean, what is it you wanted to do, whether it be in school or otherwise? What was it you wanted to, uh, to do after you were done with hockey? Yeah, so, uh, you know, while I was playing for the Cherokee, uh, I went one semester at University of Toledo, and uh, oh, I got a little taste of the college life, and, you know, I went to a college prep school. St. Francis wasn't, you know, easy by any means, Uh, but, uh, you know, as everyone knows, college is kind of a different animal, so I got a little taste of that, and, you know, kind of decided at that point that college really wasn't for me. Uh, at least, you know, a, a big university like that. Um, so my uncle was actually an electrician. Uh, I uh, was able to shadow him and uh, really fell in love with it, really liked it. And, uh, 
you know, you look at their salaries that they make once you're a journeyman electrician and who wouldn't like that number. Oh, yeah. uh, so, uh, you know, I ended up going to, for the rest of the time I played for the Cherokee, I went to Owens Community College for three semesters for uh, electrical. And, uh, you know, I kind of knew that at that point that that's, uh, that's what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to be an electrician, uh, you know, but it was tough because I also didn't want to give up playing hockey. Like I said, I, I've been skating since I was two. So uh, I still had, uh, you know, aspirations to play professional hockey. Um, and I think I thought that I was, uh, you know, good enough to do that. I was good enough to uh, work my way up. You know, granted, I, I think I was going to have to take the long way. But, you know, there's there's a good amount of guys who take the uh, who take the hard long way and it ends up working out. So, uh, yeah, but I uh, I knew I wanted to be an electrician. OK, so you make that decision, then, don't you? Uh, how, how tough a decision was it to go that route uh, with the journeyman route, et cetera, uh, going through your apprenticeship uh, versus giving up playing hockey? Oh, it was extremely hard. The toughest decision I've had made in my life so far. Um, yeah, it was extremely tough. You know, I, uh, I was thinking about it before playoffs, and then once playoffs hit, you know, I, I didn't think about anything. I was 100% in on hockey, and then I uh, kind of unwinded. And uh, after, uh, after the season and uh, – you know, then really sat down and thought about it, you know, and uh, as much as I really wanted to play hockey, I knew I didn't want to go to college. Uh, so I was going to be paying basically $10,000 a year of my own money now, not my parents, but my money now. The loans fall back on me. So, you know, $40,000 to play hockey, basically, because uh, I knew I, I wasn't going to go to college. I was going to struggle with you know, the schoolwork and stuff like that, um, you know, did, and, and I decided, you know, I don't, I don't want to be that much in debt just to play, just to play hockey. I want to, you know, I can go start my life and do what I know I want to do and start making money. That's um, cool. you know, and, uh, it was just, uh, you know, a real adult decision that I had to make. And, uh, so far, I, I think I chose the right one. Well, you don't regret it, do you? I don't. I don't at all. Then you made the right one. <laughs> so, um, do you, uh, I mean, come on. Between the, I think that's probably the second biggest uh, and most important decision you ever had. I think the biggest one is when you decided uh, you were going to ask uh, your your uh, the president of your fan club to be your bride uh, <laughs> true true yeah it was uh it was unique though we you know we met in high school and we were dating since i was a sophomore she was a junior and uh you know it was uh we were together for a really long time and then we actually uh bought a house before we even got married we bought a house together we moved in Granted, it was only for a few months, and then I proposed. But I, uh, you know, that uh, 
I wouldn't say it was a tough decision at all, though. It was, it was pretty easy for me. I, I knew that's who I wanted to be with. And, uh, you know, I know 100% that I made that that right decision. Yep, no question. I don't think anyone does. But let me ask you, um, were you nervous when you asked her? Um, It was weird because I... You know, <laughs> I play in front of all these fans, uh, you know, in high school, a good amount of fans in, in juniors. And, uh, you know, I always wanted a spotlight on me. Uh, I always wanted to be the one to get that game-winning goal, everyone oohing and on over me. But when I proposed to my wife, you know, took her out to a nice restaurant and did the whole deal down on one knee and uh, – I wasn't nervous at all that she was going to say no. I knew 100% she was going to say yes. But I did not like the attention on me. All the eyes in the restaurant on me. I I remember I couldn't, I didn't really eat any of my food because, uh, you know, my, my stomach was turning and because I knew, you know, everybody's energy and eyes were going to be on me. And, and outside of hockey, I'm, I'm in that rink. I'm enclosing that glass. So I feel safe, but outside of that, I, I don't like it. <laughs> I love this. I love this. So, uh, so, well, that's a good thing though. And the other thing too is, you know, you're going to have all kinds of, uh, other fun decisions to make later on in life anyway. And all of it, of course, will be coming around when it becomes time for you to have a family. And uh, now when you do, you know, later on when uh, as time goes by and you get settled with your schedules and your routines and you get to a spot where you're comfortable, do you see yourself wanting to uh, get back into the game, maybe coaching? Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, like you said, we're, uh, you know, we're at the point of, you know, she's, uh, my wife's a nurse, she's done nursing school and full-fledged nurse and, uh, you know, going toe-to-toe with the whole COVID and all that stuff. Uh, and uh, I'm in, I'm in my field. I've only got two more years left of school and then I'm, I'm done. So, uh you know, just bought a a new bigger house because we are, you know, planning on having kids, uh, you know, fairly soon. Um, so once that all settles, I a hundred percent look to, uh, look to go back and, uh, you know, uh, love to be a coach, if not at least help out in some way at practices or, uh, you know, at games, uh, work my way in there. Um, you know, I uh, when I first got done playing, I, I knew I wanted to stay involved right away, and so I asked Kenny Gray if I could help, and uh, you know, he said no, with, or he said yes with no hesitation. So, uh, you know, I came to a few practices and uh, did what I could, but then my schedule just was getting hectic, and I wasn't able to be there as much as I, I thought I should. So, uh, I took a step back, and uh, you know, if, if uh, if I can get into the Cherokee or, uh, or to St. Francis, those are the two, uh, dream jobs that I would love to, uh, love to help. And they're both, uh, great, great organizations. And, uh, I would love to be a part of it, obviously being alumni of both. No question about it. Well, before we wind her up, a couple things. Number one, what, uh, 
who would you say was probably the most impactful person on the ice to you as you went throughout your hockey career? Whether it was a teammate, uh, another player, a coach, whoever. Huh. So, most impactful player on the ice, probably a mixture, you know, uh, a mixture of, you know, I would say probably four coaches, uh, that being Chris Varga, obviously a huge part of my life, spent three years playing with him, uh, playing for him for, uh, you know, some of the greatest moments of my life. Kenny Ray, just always being around him, uh, playing under him for three year, another three years of my life, uh, once as a younger kid and then twice as an adult. Uh, Nick Perello, from him, uh, you know, being my personal coach to an actual coach and watching him play. And then Kelly Miller, kind of the same thing in my coach and watching him play. So what he was telling, what they were telling us to do, you know, watching them go out and do it. Um, I would say those guys were big influences on me. And, uh, you know, not only in the rink, but, you know, how to be in life, how to carry yourself in life, how to, uh, you know, taking some of those same tactics of discipline and stuff like that to, to work and to everyday life and the, you know, job interview, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, they helped me tremendously in hockey, but, uh, you know, also really in life. That's uh, part of the reason why I'm where I am today. Hey, that's a good thing, and that is a really good thing. Um, okay, one last thing here. I always have you uh, have uh, the guys that I interview uh, say something to Cherokee Nation because we're very fortunate and blessed to have a number of folks that tune into this. So uh, is there anything you want to say to TC Nation as far as uh, from you? Yeah, uh, you know, I appreciate uh, appreciate everybody listening. And, uh, you know, not only that, but people, you know, always commenting on me, reaching out to me, seeing how I'm doing. Uh, you know, I had a lot of TC Nation at my wedding. Uh I go to some Cherokee games, still try, uh, you know, still try to go to a few a year. And, uh, you know, the, the fans are awesome. And, uh, you know, I don't know uh, all the guys who I played with. I know who played. I've all, all passed now uh, on to other, uh, other moments in life. But, uh, you know, I always, I always love being around the ice house. Like I said, that's my home. Um, you know, and for anybody considering playing for the Cherokee, uh, I wouldn't even, I, I would say don't, don't even consider it. Just do it. Do it. It'll be the best decision you make in your life. Those coaches will move you up, and, uh, you know, you'll get some of the best best fans in the country, I think, especially for, uh, for junior hockey. Toledo is a very, very passionate place, and we're very, uh, very blessed to have all you guys as fans. Amen to that. I'll tell you what, Ricky, it just blew by so fast. I, I really appreciate you taking the time to do this today. And uh, hey, I, I, I know you're going to do great things, so I'm not even worried about that. But all the best of, of luck to you. And uh, again, man, thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Mick. Thank you. I, I appreciate you asking me to come on here. This, uh, this podcast is 
you know, as you said, in TC Nation, it's uh, beginning to be a, a big thing. So uh, it's uh, my honor to be on here. Well, it's a big thing because it's on the uh, we did it on the on the shoulders of guys like you. So thank you. Um, that's going to do it here for episode 81 of the Cherokee Rewind. I am Mick. He is Ricky Quapic. And I tell you what, we appreciate you guys tuning in. And be sure to subscribe so whenever a new episode drops, you'll be the first to know. So for Ricky, I am Mick, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Cherokee Rewind. <laughs>